بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى وسلاما على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ويزيد الله الذين اهتدوا هدى صدق الله العظيم so beginning inshallah i'd like to just share a little incident that occurred a few years ago there was a report published by bbc radio in england and the report was um obviously mass transmitted over the radio stations and etc etc and they caused a massive uproar at the time and what they did they did a study of muslims in the uk and these were muslim young muslim children or young muslim adults who were muslim by name muslim by the way they looked muslim even they were known by muslim so they tick all the boxes at home they known as a muslim but they only doing it to keep up the appearance because of their community because of their families because of their parents and what was really interesting and struck uh, you know really uh, a lot of people who heard this became very uncomfortable there was a particular young student of the quran who had memorized the quran who had led tarawih in his local masjid and he felt comfortable enough to come on to the radio and say i'm not a muslim but i do that to keep up my appearance so this really it, at the time it caused an uproar and we as a community felt that okay what should we do what direction should we take what do we need to do in terms of our uh, future generations and especially in the us one thing in particular you'll find obviously the pure research the the study they did it actually shows that 24% of born american muslim children or adults no longer associate to islam they've openly declared that we're apostates we don't believe in islam now that creates a massive responsibility a huge responsibility on not only the leaders of our communities but parents as individuals it's easy to kind of push the responsibility yeah the imam can take care of that he should do better juma khutbas now right he should be able to give how can an imam in a 30 minute juma khutba give your child iman which is ultimately your responsibility the hadith what does it say fa abawahu yuhawidanihi kullu mauludin yuladu ala alfitra every child is born on a natural disposition in which they have faith in allah the natural disposition is that of a believer fa abawahu yuhawidanihi aw yumajjisanihi aw yunassira it's the parents who take them on a path of Judaism or path of Christianity or a path of Islam so as the muslim community in the us what we ultimately really need to focus on is two things in particular we work on what increases our iman really ask these questions because remember you can shelter your children all you want i don't let them hang out i don't let them have non muslim friends i don't let them in- associate with other people how long are you going to shelter them for You know if there's an attack like there's something there's a bear on the loose I heard there was one in the masjid uh, a couple of months ago right so there's a bear on the loose there's one bear it's a it's a it's a coincidence you can protect your child you can say stay at home better son stay at home you're not allowed out there's a bear on the loose we someone made a video that it's in the masjid car park we don't want you going out now just imagine you live in the jungle where there's all kinds of animals there's snakes there's lions there's every possible thing you could imagine Are you going to shelter your child or teach them survival skills? What are you going to do? You can't you can't shelter them. How long are you going to shelter them? You're going to save them from the uh, from the lion. You're going to save them from the snake. You're going to save them from something else. How long are you going to shelter them for? 
And in reality, when we look at the West, and Sheikh made a really interesting point the other day where he said, the West is no longer a direction. It's an idea, it's a mindset, and it's widespread. The global village is, you know, it's, it's, it's what the philosophy of our societies are stood on now. So what we really need to do is, what, like that person who's growing up in, the, in, 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 uh, in a jungle, what's he going to do? He's going to teach his child survival skills. And for us to teach our children survival skills in terms of the greatest blessing, wallahi, the greatest blessing we can give them. You could give your child an education, you could give them luxury, you could give them cars, you could give them, give them businesses, you could hand anything over. But remember, ultimately, the greatest blessing you can give to your child is what? Iman. Iman. And that fikr and that concern that is my child going to be raised a Muslim. This is something of the Anbiya. The Anbiya had this in the past. We find in the Quran two wasiyas. What is a wasiya? A wasiya is um, a will. So at the time of death, we find two particular incidents that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala notes down. And he mentions these incidents, not for us to read and think, wow, what pious people. For us to take a message from. The first is of Ibrahim. Ibrahim banihi wa Yaqub. And the second one is Yaqub. What happened? They're both on their de deathbed. Just imagine, Ibrahim, the father of whom? Ishaq, Ismail, Nabiullah Ishaq, Nabiullah is Ismail. What does he say? Ya baniya inna Allah fala illa wa antum muslimun. That my only concern as your father, my last words to you are what? You're a Muslim, live as a Muslim, die as a Muslim. He's saying this to two prophets. Then Yaqub alayhi salam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions his incident. What does he say? He, he asks Yusuf and his brothers something different. He says, ma ta'buduna min ba'di. I'm not going to tell you to be Muslim all your life. I want to know who are you going to worship? What are you going to worship for the remainder of your life? And then his children said, Don't worry your father, you'll be, you be satisfied. We will only worship your Lord, the Lord of our forefathers, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So really at a time where parents need to be proactive in this, the first thing that we really need to do is ilm. Work on our knowledge, our knowledge of deen. What does deen mean to me? Is Dean just the culture that I carry because I carried it over from Pakistan? I've ended up in America, so I carry it. You know, I go to the masjid, there's people who look like me, they dress like me, and that's my Dean for me. Or does Dean actually mean something to us, right? Is Iman actually something that resonates with us, that this is my belief? I, I truly believe it. Because in the Arabic, it's really interesting. The Arabic definition of Iman, if we look at the actual definition, so in English, we have belief, right? In Arabic, they define Iman as a tasdiq What does tasdiq mean? When you look at something, you study it in its entirety, and then you affirm it. You said, this is the truth, I believe it. Nisbatu sidqi ila shay. To attribute truthfulness. You say, this is the truth. This is what it is. But really, we need to ask ourselves, is our Iman of that caliber? Do we really look at Islam and think, this is the truth, and this is the ultimate truth? And that always comes down to our lack of knowledge. Many people, what happens, is, myself included, we, we, we practice faith, we practice deen for 20, 30 years, there's no progression. So our knowledge on the first day we prayed salah is this much, and our knowledge 30 years later is exactly this much. Our knowledge of the Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is this much on the first day? Exactly this much on the last day. And I'll give you an interesting incident. There was actually a scholar from India, Abdul Majid Daryabadi, rahimahullah. He wrote a tafsir of the Quran. He apostated. He became an atheist in his early life when he was, he was a younger person at the time. 
And he has an autobiography. The ones who read Urdu can actually download it very easily online. It's called, uh, it's obviously Abbiti, an autobiography of Abdul Majid Riyabadi. So he says in this, he says, uh, I left Islam. I, I, I went and I looked at Buddhism. I looked at other religions, Christianity, etc. And then eventually I became an atheist. He says, what reconnected me with, with Islam was that I came across a translation of the Quran. So I really read the book of Allah again. I reconnected with the book of Allah. And the second thing, I came across the work of Shibli Nomani and Suleiman Nadwi being the Silatun Nabi. So the Sila of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Because when you, when you take everything apart, what is Islam? What is Islam? It's the message that the messenger brought. The message that the messenger brought. And what was it that Khatija, you know, when, when the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam comes to Khatija radiallahu anha, and he says, I, 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 uh, 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 I, I fear for myself. And she says, And then she brings Iman, right? Why, why did she bring Iman? Did she know the message? Did she know the actual details of the message? What does this religion consist of? She believed in the messenger. She knew the messenger. Abu Bakr bought Iman on Rasulullah. Why? Because he knew Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And now there's a question for us. How much I've been practicing this faith. Have I ever looked at who this messenger was? Do I know anything about this messenger? And that's why the ulama of the past, they had a, a very interesting genre that we definitely need to tap into. They have a, a, they, they, when they would study theology and deen and the proof for Islam, you know what they would study? What would they study? The existence of God? No. They would study something called Dala'ilun Nubuwa. What are the proofs that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is truth, truthful in his claim? That's what they were studying. Imam Bayhaqi counts them over to a, a thousand. And other scholars less or more, you know, around about that. That these are the proofs that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was truthful in his claim. So this is something as parents, we need to reconnect with our legacy. Really increase our iman, increase our ilm to get to that level of tasdeeq. The second thing, and this is the final point I'm going to make, is... Alongside ilm, what strengthens and increases your iman is practice. We have the famous, obviously, discussions in early Islamic theology, but they're true. Al-Iman yazid wa yankus. Iman increases and it decreases. How does it increase and decrease? Your practice, wa yazidullahu huda. Allah will increase those in guidance who take guidance. So your, your, if you create a, a culture at home of not practicing Islam, of Islam only being the iftar parties in Ramadan. You know, acha, beta, get ready, we're going to iftar party. So and so uncles called us. If that's what the meaning of our deen is, and that's what we stripped it down to, it is a problem. There's definitely a problem. Islam needs to be living in your household day and night. The child needs to witness my parents praying Fajr. Zohar, Asr, Maghrib. You can send your children to Maktab. You could send them to Madrasa. But if there's a conflict when they come home and they see... At home, no one prays. My father doesn't even bat an eyelid. My, my ustaz tells me that the difference between a mu'min and a kafir is salah. And I've never seen my father pray. It's problematic, right? So we really need to create a culture of practicing Islam. Of bringing Islam to life through practice. Through practice. And that's what children will take from. They'll take from our practice. So two things. As adults and as children, we want to increase our iman, increase your knowledge. Read Asira. Study Asira. MashaAllah, you have an amazing resource of Sheikh Yawar who's actually authored in this field. You have, honestly, you, I'm not just saying it because it's in front of my face. You come here and take benefit from that. Take benefit from that. 
and demand these things that we want something, we want to learn about the seerah of Rasulullah, where should we start? Is there a book you could tell me? Or could you tell me about some lectures you may have already given? Or could you do a separate series on this? So I can connect with the seerah of Rasulullah. Same thing with Quran. And the second thing in our practice, start trying to practice more. When you practice more, when your children will witness that and they will see that. Because remember one thing, it's, it's very possible. I met a brother here from this West Springfield area and I'll share this story without mentioning his name. He told me, he said, uh, I was born in Springfield in 1961. 1961, can you imagine? Right? And at the time there was no Muslims. So we grew up and our father took us back home. And then we came back to the US. And he says, in the first generation, half my family left Islam. Half of my family, he says, is people with my last name in this city who do not identify as Muslim. Could you imagine that? We talk about second generation, third generation, fourth generation. No, first generation. So these are points of real concern for us. I was with a, uh, an imam. I met him recently in uh, a place in Massachusetts. Again, I won't mention the name. And he, he told me something. And wallahi, I'm, I, was, I was unsettled that night. I'm not a father myself, but I was unsettled. I couldn't, you know, at nighttime when something just keeps on playing on your mind. And he says to me, he says, there's an old elder man who came here in the 70s in Massachusetts. And he did relatively well. Mashallah, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him everything. But at home, he created a culture which was, I want to be modern. You know, we are in America. Why do we want to do all of this backward stuff, right? Dean takes a backseat. It's not as important. Yes, Dean for me is my community and my, you know, it's a community center I attend just for socializing. Nothing else. So he, he raised daughters like this. He raised his daughters like this. And recently he came to Islam. You know, he, he revisited his faith and he really became more and more practicing. So he came to the imam, the imam I was talking to. And he said to the imam, he said, uh, can I speak to you? And he has a white beard now. And he says, the imam said, yes, sure. What, what, what did I say? And as soon as he went into the room to have a conversation with him, he had tears rolling down. And he said, this is my story. I came here. I did this to bring up my children. This is everything that happened, you know, whilst I was bringing up my children. I didn't connect them to the book of Allah. I didn't connect them to deen. These things were the backseat. We were a very modern, you know, family who's, who's living the American dream. So he says, now I've reconnected with my faith. I go home after Salatul Fajr on weekends and a non-mahram, a strange man is sat at my breakfast table saying hi, who spent the night with my daughter and I don't know what to do. What, what, what can you say? But these are the realities. These are the realities of the consequences if we're lazy right now. If we're not proactive. And it's important that we understand the language of our children, the community. and You can shelter them all they want. You go to university, you will learn about uh, from LGBT to individualism to all of these philosoph philosophies in our, in our thing. And if we're not familiar with them, we'll fail. The Sahaba radiallahu anhum in Makkah, they were familiar with all the challenges. In Medina, they were familiar with what, uh, what the fire worshippers believed in, what the Christians believed in. The Quran addresses those things directly, Christianity, etc. So the West that me and you, many people of my age, like I was born and raised in the West, but guess what? The West today is very different to the West I was born in. It was very different to the West. That's why you have all the Gen, Gen Z, Millennials, Gen X, do we know, they'll say that, no, a Gen X doesn't think like a Gen Z, a millennial, doesn't, and it's only years apart, a few years apart. A hundred years ago, my great dada, par dada, my great grandfather, and my grandfather had a very similar life. 
They grew up in a similar different centuries, but again, they had a similar life. They lived and they died and they, they lived very similar lives. But now the world is changing. world is changing massively and we need to change. When, when I mean we need to change, we need to change our attitude. We need to change our attitude, especially towards our children, towards our community and the importance our faith plays. So we pray Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us all the ability to act upon these things. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increase us in iman. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect our iman. Allahumma habib ilayna al-iman wa zayyinhu fi kulubina wa karrih ilayna al-kufra wal-fusuka wal-isyan wa ja'alna min al-rashibideen. Rabbana taqabal minna innaka anta al-samiul alim wa tub alayna innaka anta al-tawab al-rahim wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khayri khalqihi muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahabihi ajma'in. Ameen.